ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hello, Dr Norman Swan, or should I say offshore supply ship Normand Swan? You're kidding me. That's what I am now, is it? Just <laughs> you are. Um, a mar- maritime our, vehicle. One of our listeners, Will, not the Will who produces this podcast, uh, emailed us this week saying, uh, Will lives across the harbour from Darwin, catches the ferry to Darwin and likes to use one of those tracking you know, apps to see what other vessels are in the water. And one of them that frequents Darwin is called the Normand, with a D, Swan. How dare they? Would you like to know what you look like, Norman? Because I, I found a photo of this boat. Is it, is it a good-looking, handsome boat, oh. younger than its years? I mean, really? <laughs> I've never seen such an ageless boat. It's a very classic uh, blue colour. It looks like it has the capacity to hold a lot of containers, shipping containers. And I like to imagine it uh, ferrying ideas about how to stay safe from COVID around the high seas. Oh, look, I think I'd rather be a supply boat than a party boat. <laughs> Too many bad things happen on on party boats. So supply boat, that's my that's my lane, so to speak. You know I love you, but I don't think anyone's ever going to accuse you of being a party boat. No, no. Party pooper, yes. <laughs> Let us get amongst Coronacast, a show all about the coronavirus, often about other nasties as well, less frequently about supply shipping. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor, coming to you from Jagera and Turable Land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan, coming to you from Gadigal Land, part of the Eora Nation. Let's start with a little um, other news programs like to do weather updates. We do variant updates. What's the latest on Parola, the variant, the new sub-variant we were talking about the other day and other variants that are circulating at the moment? So, yeah, if you look at the Parola virus, which is what we talked about, that's BA 2.86. People were worried about it, still are to some extent. 30 mutations and it goes back to BA2, uh, the Omicron version BA2, which got people worried as well. So it kind of goes, takes a bypass around the um, the descent of the Omicron to date. Um, worried about it because of 30 mutations. Could it be more serious? Could it be more infectious? Um, and then there's EG5, which is a call, which is called Eris, the goddess of strife and disorder, so I understand. <laughs> That's my other name. Yeah, exactly. And didn't like to say that, but I'm glad you, self, you outed yourself on that one. <laughs> uh, so there's EG5, and then there's XBB. EG5 is actually a descendant of XBB. So there's a surge going on in the United States at the moment. People might have noticed that. We've had um, Tony Fauci talking about it. We've had... DeSantis claiming that he's not going to go into another lockdown and he's supporting his Surgeon General who says don't get vaccinated, you know, the usual mad stuff. But 20% of the cases in the United States now are in fact uh, EG5. There's another one called Fornex, which is got the code name FL1.5.1, which is 13%. So they've got relatively uh, newish subvariants of Omicron coming out. And BA 2.6 is really not prominent at the moment. So the worry about BA 2.86 is not panning out. It may still pan out. It might be sitting there. And in Australia, we really are still early on in the XBB. We are very conservative in Australia. We like to sit with old variants, you know, go back a few months. And that's where we are in Australia. We haven't seen very much of these new variants. So Eris or EG5 is only about, on last report, I was able to see from August, 2% of the sub-variants in Australia, which could explain why we're not yet seeing an uptick. We are 
flatlining at the moment. In a good way. Not not flatlining dead, flatlining in terms of numbers of people with COVID. That's right. Um, although there are still quite a few outbreaks in residential aged care, which are high-risk communities. So it's not nothing at the moment, but it's, it's certainly staying pretty low as, as far as the community is concerned. But if we follow the United States and eventually these other subvariants come in, then we might see a surge coming through in the next uh, month or two. We've been predicting it for a while now. Hasn't happened. Let's hope it doesn't. And it's hard to tell at this stage if there is that surge, which variant it'll be, just because there is so much noise around at the moment. Yes, that's right. But at the moment, we're in an XBB phase going back you know, some months. So, of course, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was no doubt that Australians were feeling less well, generally, maybe mentally well than than um, usual. And it's actually something that the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare looks at on purpose every couple of years. And the most recent report into Australia's welfare has just dropped. And of course, two years ago, we were in the throes of a pandemic. People, there was a real dip in people's sort of overall sense of well-being. Now we're sort of coming back to something that feels a little bit more like normal. But Norman, this report's showing that people haven't gone back to their sort of pre-pandemic levels of feeling well just yet. Yeah, no, just a bit of context here is the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. And this is their welfare report. So they get homelessness, housing affordability, employment, income support, as well as well-being in general. And um, they have been tracking this through in terms of the impact of COVID-19 and how we're bouncing back exactly as you say. So let's start off with excess mortality. So in other words, the excess number of deaths over what would have normally happened had COVID not occurred. So this is from all causes. And in 2022, there were 18,000, more than 18,000 more deaths than were expected. And if you average it out over the years of the pandemic, um, you know, net-net over the last three years, it's 10,176 excess deaths. Um, this year, there's been, I think, a 3,280 so far. So we're seeing XX deaths in Australia, perhaps not as many as as a proportion uh, compared to other countries, but COVID is having that impact too. Um, the, it's also a significant burden of disease. They mentioned long COVID. We talked about that last week. But if you look at things like life satisfaction, it's still lower than before the pandemic. So people... Uh, life satisfaction, as the AHW says, fell early in the pandemic, and it certainly remains lower than it was pre-pandemic. Why do they think, well, maybe they can't say why, but why did you, we, what's in the ether that might be behind this? So life satisfaction is, is a holistic term which captures a lot of stuff. There's still quite a lot of psychological distress, which is still higher than it was pre-pandemic. It's coming, It's improving a little bit. Um, and people feel disconnected, they feel damaged, um, they still feel lonely, although loneliness has improved, you know, the feeling of loneliness has improved. But our social contacts have fallen in the years since the pandemic and not yet bounced back. And social contacts are, so are not, the number of people we make contact with, the number of people we can call on for support is a really important part of our general well-being and satisfaction with life. And if you look at the statistics here of severe psychological distress in adults for every 2017 through to August 23, it's still going up. So this is a real, a really strong aftershock of a lot of things that are going on in the community. I'd be fascinated to see what the difference was by city 
Because anecdotally, I, I still feel that Melbournians have done it tough and are really quite damaged by it, but we don't really have that degree of granularity in those statistics. It is really hard, isn't it? There's so many different things that are driving, you know, well-being for different people. Like if you're finding that the cost of living is really biting, then that's gonna that's gonna hurt. And they acknowledge that in the uh, that's exactly sorry to interrupt, but they acknowledge that in the report that financial pressures have gone up, the cost of housing's gone up, um, the benefit of income support has gone down. So there's a lot of financial stress there, which may have nothing whatsoever to do with COVID and everything to do with the economy, although. We are in a post-COVID-19 economy and that, has in, uh, that is having an impact in terms of inflation and interest rates. So a lot goes back to COVID, but not, you know, some of it's not biological, it's economic. What do we do with this data apart from being like, wow, look at that, that's interesting. Like if people are genuinely feeling more distressed than they were a few years ago, what kind of policy interventions should we be looking for to help people be better? One of the things that happened early on in the pandemic is that the government really took away the chalks in terms of income support and financial support for the community. And that made a huge difference that people felt secure in their jobs and they had income coming in, even if they were under lockdown and finding it tough with kids and homeschooling and so on. And we have that, that financial support has been withdrawn. And I think that what you have to really think about quite hard is the effect of government intervention here in terms of income support because it had a measurable effect in the first year or so. That's why, in many ways, psychological distress was at a lower level. But it was predicted, the Brain and Mind Institute um, predicted through its modelling that this would get worse through the pandemic as things like income support were withdrawn. So this is complicated stuff and the market may not be able to solve this problem. I'm really frustrated when there's no neat answer for something really complicated and bad, Norman. I, I thought maybe you'd have a simple silver bullet for me. A little vaccine or a little economic vaccine. <laughs> I wish I did. If, I, if only it was that simple. Yeah. Well, we'll continue to watch this space, but for now that's all we've got time for this week. We'll see you next week. Save your money till then. <laughs>